Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Just The Sip. I might have to turn my camera off at this point because my next guest is one of the most beautiful people I have ever seen in my life. Potomac's got some pretty ass bitches. <laughs> Y'all are a pretty bunch of girls. Please welcome Monique Daniels, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Doesn't it hurt to look like that? (laughs) It hurts when they hate, you know, when they hate. Oh, my God. Chris must be like, damn, how did I do this? Where are you from? Thank you. I'm from New Jersey, Atlantic City. Black women are aliens. Popping. <laughs> Has it always been this good, though? It's cool. It's, it's good. Just yeah. say it. The genes are right. And I appreciate the things that my parents did for me to, you know, <laughs> be here. <laughs> right? be here. <laughs> Your mama chose it right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I read somewhere that like you have a good regimen. You get facials, you get massages, you get waxed every week. How the hell do you do that with three <laughs> damn kids? Well, I don't get waxed every week. Um, you know, the, the pandemic kind of messed that up. <laughs> we had to go back to some old tactics. But uh <laughs> but no, I um I try my best to incorporate some me time. And if if my me time is me getting a massage, listen, that's what I gotta do. Right. Yeah. Before you went on Housewives, how many kids did you have at that point? Before I started Housewives, I had two. When I started filming, my daughter, who is my second, she was around six months old. Wow. So, yes, yes. It was like that serious. How hard is it to film a reality TV show when you have little children? It's very hard, actually. I did not have a nanny until I started doing Housewives of Potomac. Because the schedule, there is no schedule. I needed to have someone full time because it could be spurred a moment where I have to leave my home when I was, you know, I was a stay at home mom. So I would have to leave my home and go film and, you know, and hang out with these women. And so I had no choice because my husband was coaching football. Yeah. So we were, you know, I was, I'm the person that's home with the kids. Did your dynamic change once you walked into this light? It changed because I was not home as much. So I was constantly uh, having to leave. And my husband definitely wasn't used to that. He's home. He's used to me being barefoot in a pregnant, in the kitchen, cooking, pregnant, (laughs) barefoot, you know, like doing all of those things and tending to everything else. So I had to then go out and get an assistant 
who could handle the things for me while I was, you know, doing what I had to do. So everything kind of like shifted because everything usually relies heavily on me being home, tending to the kids and everything else. So it was definitely, it's, it's been very interesting, but when it comes to being a part of like any spotlight, my husband is very popular in these DC streets. They love Chris. Um, yeah. So being in that sort of, uh, spotlight, it wasn't necessarily new for me because of my husband, he was giving me on the job training, had no idea. (laughs) Um, so yeah, he kind of taught me how to deal with and handle and, um, but uh, it's just it's an interesting thing because you go from bringing, being a stay at home mom to like being employed full time and you're on reality TV. One hundred percent. I yes. also feel like and you can tell me if this is wrong. I feel like women who um, have this type of success sometimes they feel like they have to overcompensate and make their men still feel like that dude. You know what I mean? Like, cause I know girls on, on all kinds of shows and they always mm-hmm. have to come back and placate their man and be like, you know, no, no, daddy, you don't want, do you ever feel that you have to do that shit with Chris? No, he had to, he had to get on my level. He had to get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, here's how I need you to help me so I can shine. It's my turn. And he right. was fine with it. He was fine. Chris is like my number one supporter. It was an adjustment. I want to sit here and act like it was just so perfect. It was an adjustment at first because he's used to being catered to all the time. I mean, yes. when you're married to an athlete who is always used to being given that attention and then and then I catered to him as well as I, you know, as we got married and everything else, it took him a second. But he was he's so proud of me. He's like, I've always seen this in you. You've always been about your business. You've always handled things. So he's like, I'm just excited for you. He just had to, like, pick up the pace a little bit. Like, okay, you got more on your plate now. It's your turn. So, yes. By the way, you're like low, like low playing him. Chris is a six time pro bowler. Everybody out there. If y'all don't know who Chris (laughs) Samuels is, y'all better Google his ass. Yeah, Google him. Fine ass (laughs) running around here in those goddamn tights. Oh my God. Listen. Oh man. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yes. And he got that. Look, he's got that. He's got that NFL body back too. So yeah, we, uh-huh. he's been working out. He's like, yeah, Chris is looking real good. Wait till y'all see him at reunion. Were you that bitch? Like that would walk in the game and you knew your man would start. <laughs> and so you were good. You were like, good. You were Vanessa Bryant up in there, oh, up no. in the box, bringing your no. girlfriends with the Samuels jerseys. <laughs> oh, listen, I am. My uncle used to call me a tomboy on the low. So I'm one of those that were like screaming and watching the game and getting all excited, very much into football. I know all about football. Like, so I was that chick. I didn't really care to do all the dressing up until one day my boyfriend, who is now my husband, we were dating when he played. But he was like, I mean, it would be nice to see you, you know, looking cute instead yeah. of like wearing my jersey. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, we okay. go ahead and get cute then. My bad. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're like, I'll get cute real quick. Just hand me that credit card. <laughs> let me no. come on. Let me tell you some tea. So Chris and I worked together. So I worked for him. I was his business manager. Whatever my pay was, that was what my pay was. He wasn't that guy. Oh, I'm gonna buy you this. I'm gonna buy you that. I'm gonna pay these bills. No, and I didn't look to him to do that for me either. So I handled my own handle. Yes. I don't care. I'm gonna handle my own handle, but I'm still gonna handle your money too in my pocket. No, no not not back then. Not when we were dating. Yeah, I, I managed everything for him and made sure he was good, but you know. Now, how the hell did they talk you in to doing Housewives? He actually talked me into doing it. 
Who gave you the phone call though? Like who was like, hey girl, we have this extra spot. So me and some of the ladies on the show have mutual friends. So a friend of mine called and was just like, you got to do it. And I was just like, no, I'm not interested. (laughs) And my husband was like, look, I've been saying that you're going to be on that show. He's like, you need to do it. He said, this will be such a great platform for not for lazy moms. And I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, maybe I can do this. So it was really, yeah, it was really the platform for my business. Because some people think I started my company when I was on the show. I had already started Not For Lazy Moms prior to being on Housewives. I know everybody like goes into it thinking it's going to be one thing. What did you think it was going to be? Oh, I thought that I would get along with everybody. I thought that it would just be fun, light shade. I am a a jokester. Like I love busting on people, like cracking jokes, Mm -hmm. light fun. I can joke about myself. and, And I thought it would be more like fun. I didn't realize after being on for four years, there would be such a development of true actual hate from some of my uh, cast members. Um, So, you know, that's disappointing because at the end of the day, you would think like, let's just, let's go out here and have some arguments, have fun, throw some shade and get these coins together. Yeah. Let's just do it. Some light (laughs) shade. Right. Light shade. But, and, and I'm a person who is a reactor, so I don't try to find trouble, but if trouble finds me, I'm going to handle it. So if you, you coming for me, I'm gonna come back, you know? So if you're knocking, I'm bucking. Exactly. Exactly. But my thing is also, um, I'm not a person who would start rumors about people or make up lies. If I say something, it is based on fact. So I'm just not one of those people. And unfortunately you have people on the platform that that's all they have going for them. So, I mean, I can't really blame them. They have nothing else to talk about. Did you ever think that it would get this far? No. Like I said, I didn't realize that it would turn into actual hate. You know, if you, if you, have an issue with someone, just let it be the issue and just move on. But to actually be able to turn into show hate towards someone on and off camera, I mean, from several people, it's just, it's just like, wow, like why? I know a lot of times people, you know, go on reality shows and then they regret ever doing a reality show because the experience didn't turn out the way that they thought it would. Are you regretting going on Real Housewives of Potomac? No, I would never say I regretted it. I I learned so much being on this platform. Um, It has revealed some people who have been in the circle. My husband and I already have a very tight-knit circle. So Mm -hmm. some of the people within our circle, it showed their true colors because they got so excited about the TV and so excited about the platform where they made it about themselves versus supporting my husband and I. So it actually was good for us to see who those snakes were in our own camp and then expose the other ones that have been on the outside or or the outskirts of our camp as well. As a person, I've grown so much. Just learning how to, uh, you know, deal with the criticism or negative remarks to the point where it doesn't bother me. I just respect your opinion because you're only developing that opinion based off of a few seconds off of an episode. You know, so just growing to that point where you can be that secure within yourself. I started out a very secure person and now today I'm an even more secure person. So um, so I, I, I look at everything as a blessing in disguise. I'm all about turning negatives into positives. And that's what I've been doing since I've been on this platform. Which I love. But what <laughs> happens on season five, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but mm-hmm. we're here, we're having an open conversation. A wine tasting went down. Words were exchanged between you and Candace, and then all hell broke loose. Yes. Take me back to that moment Whenever you blacked out, 
What do you think caused that in you? Oh, man, I actually learned. (laughs) I had some childhood triggers that I did not realize I developed over the years and that were harboring within me for a very long time. And actually, this is the first time I'm actually speaking about this. So you're getting some inside scoop right now. So I've had many therapy sessions after the fight. I had I started out with two therapists and then Was that I your first time it. seeing a therapist? Yes. Wow. Yes. So because of that issue and because of that incident, it actually allowed me to seek therapy from a professional therapist. I usually will like counsel with like my pastor or my godfather who everyone has uh, seen on the show. Um, But this time I I wanted to take it a step further. I said, I want to find somebody who doesn't know me, who's going to be completely unbiased, not saying that they were, but um, I just wanted someone who didn't know me to just like really dig deep and help me figure out what caused me to get to that point. I do want to say when I say the words that I blacked out, that was the best way that I could describe the feeling that I felt. It was almost like my body was still moving, but I was just like not there. Um, and then moments later, days later, everything started coming back. Certain pieces were coming back to the point where I wasn't sure which order of events happened. Um, but I will say that for me, when I was in my therapy session, she said, what was the moment that caused you to go from laughing and joking to serious? And I said, when she swiped her hand too close to my face and she said, why do you think that was such a, an issue a for moment. you? And I, I said, I don't know. And she said, OK, let's think back to your childhood. Um, were there any moments in your childhood where you can remember people putting their hands in your face or anything like that? I reflected back to a moment where um, I was actually beaten up by a little boy who uh, he was a year older than me. He was a great older than me. And he wanted me to be his girlfriend. I'm in first grade. And I'm just like, no. And he starts slapping me in my face repeatedly, repeatedly. A bunch of kids rush over and they're watching this whole fight. And nobody thinks to break it up. Like a boy is like literally beating me up. Um, So that was one moment. And she said, "Okay, let's go deeper. She said, do you have any people close to you that you look up to that would put their hands in your face or bully you in any type of way? And I said, you know what? Yes. I said, my dad, that was actually the way he parented. He was very much a person that would stick his finger like right in your face. And what I say, you know, and and as a child, you can't do anything about it. And in that moment is when I broke down in that session and my therapist was like, okay, now this is starting to make sense. Why something that seems so small and insignificant to other people is major to you. She said, it's almost like that five-year-old, six-year-old Monique just jumped out and said, you are not going to put your hand in my face. And that was the thing that I said, that was literally what jumped it off for me was when that hand swiped in my face, I said, hold on, get your hand out of my face, get your hand out of my face. You need to back up. And that's when it got serious. So um, it's not even about making excuses or excusing anything. I really wanted to investigate what my triggers were, what would cause me to get to that point. So now that I'm more aware of what those triggers are, nothing like this will happen again. So as soon yeah. as someone tries to get close with their hands to my face, now that I know, you I can disengage. remove myself. Yes, absolutely. I love that you saw a therapist and a third party. And I think it's really important. Yes, counsel from people who know you and who understand you is great. But I feel like when we see therapists, it's almost a permission to let ourselves be more vulnerable and Mm -hmm. be more, get deeper and allow ourselves to admit when we are truly wrong. Because when I'm talking to my uncle or my aunt or my pastor, 
-hmm. in the same vein, I don't want them to see me as this defeated person. I want them to see me as a strong black man. So a lot of times we don't get the we get good advice. We just never get the best advice because we hold things back. And also your loved ones naturally will cater to whatever you're going through. And yeah. um, and yes, and I, I grew up in I have a lot of family where we all grew up the same way. We grew up in an environment where you had to be taught how to defend yourself from yeah. bullies or what have you. So our mindset is always going to be on guard. When I went to see my therapist, it took a few sessions for me to really get to that point of vulnerability with my with my therapist. And she even called that out. And she said, listen, she said, you are always being strong. She said, yeah. you're strong for your kids. You're strong for your husband. You're strong in front of your friend circles. When do you have the time to just be? She said, yes. when can you just be? And I was like, hmm, I, I can't. I'm always handling everything. I'm always on. She said, when do you have time to be off? And I said, I'm never off. So she said, I want you to be off with me in these therapy sessions. I want you to, to just be. And at that moment, that's when, I mean, every session was a breakdown moment for me. And it felt good. And I'm still in therapy. I still speak with my therapist every week, every Tuesday at two o'clock via video chat. We have not slowed down the process. And it, it has been amazing. It's been amazing. It been? To, it's been over a year. Wow. Yes, it's been over a year at this point. So it's been amazing to be able to know that on Tuesdays at two o'clock, I can look forward to that call. I can look forward to having that release I can look forward to being vulnerable if I don't have that moment throughout the week. So it's be. been a true blessing. Yeah. And just be. Let me be honest about something. And I love and, you know, now you're friends to the show. So I feel like we're friends. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. <laughs> go for it. Watching this season, I was like, <gasps> but I also understood where you were because I have been there. I've had to work on my own rage issues and I've had to work on my tongue because sometimes it can go real left real quick with me. And I had to figure out my triggers and figure all those things out. So I understood where you were coming from. For me, it was the episode later, whenever the ladies had an intervention and there was a moment where I was like, She's going to go in there and be like, yo, I blacked out. I should have just never done it. Like, this is up. But it almost seemed like in the beginning, you couldn't really take responsibility for what had happened. Has that changed for you at all? Um, well, from that moment, I actually did take responsibility for my actions. I just wasn't remorseful at that time and they didn't want to hear it. But everything that I did physically, I owned up to it and I said, look, I need to go explore this and see what the heck happened here. Um, but I did have a point where I finally felt the remorse, where I finally felt so bad. I was like crying and I wanted to reach out my attorney because she reached out to an attorney seven days after the fight. When I tell people those seven days, I had no moment to process all that had happened. I yes. went literally from that fight to the next day. I'm getting glam for an event where I did uh, DSW with uh, Robin Dixon that night. The next day, which was a Friday, all my family and Chris's family flew in town. We were hosting like over 20 people here at our home from Friday up until uh, Sunday night. He was getting inducted into the Redskins Ring of Fame, the Washington team's uh, Ring of Fame. Wow. So we had events all weekend. 
And then Monday, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Yes. not going there, not going there. Yes. Monday, I couldn't go there because that was our all cast Bravo photo shoot was that Monday. Tuesday is when I sat down with the ladies at Karen's house. I did not have a moment to process that fight. I literally went from fight to back to mommy mode, back to wife mode, uh, back to personality mode, being at the uh, DSW uh, appearance yeah. that I had, being to hostess with the mostest all weekend long, being back to professional mode doing my photo shoot, being on camera with the ladies Tuesday after. I had no moment. So, and I was being completely real. I could have went in there and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I did I could have did that, but I'm not a faker. When I finally did get to the point where I wanted to reach out to her, I received an email from her attorney. So even though she didn't press the actual charges until weeks later, she got legal within a week. So I had to then find an attorney and then have my attorney speak on my behalf. And then from that point on, he said, no, you let me handle this. You cannot contact her. So I my attorney requested mediation several times with her attorney. So as the days are going by, the weeks are going by, we're expecting that we're going to mediate. Yeah. I, do you know how I found out that the charges were filed against me? How? A, a reporter sends me an email and a text message and says, hey, would you like to respond about these charges that were filed against you? I said, wait, what charges? There were no charges. My attorney didn't even know. Because we thought we were going to mediate. We thought we were going to have a conversation and be able to sit down and talk about everything that happened and then move forward. And they said, nope. And they went on and, and filed their claim. And I had no idea until a reporter reached out to me. What, which is nuts. And I forget that we like, yeah. I forget that you guys are famous because I live in housewives land. So I often forget that sometimes shit happens on camera, shit happens off camera, shit happens through press. You know, there's everything's everywhere. Yeah. But let me ask you this question. Let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Mm -hmm. What would that conversation had looked like on your end? What were you prepared to walk into that mediation and say that you think that it wouldn't have gotten this far? I was prepared to just apologize and own up for my actions. Taking anything that she's done completely out of the picture, I was focused on my actions. And she did not warrant the response that she got. There's nothing that she could say or do that could that should or could get me to go there. And that is the conversation I was prepared to have with her. So... I never got to say those things because I was expecting that our attorneys would speak. So it was just a hot mess. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Have you guys spoken since? Reunion. <laughs> so, so this happened. You filmed this over a year ago. Yeah. You guys, a year goes by. You guys have watched this whole thing play out. 13 months later, your first time you're talking is when you're sitting. And I know exactly where Andy Cohen put y'all asses. Y'all were both <laughs> at the head of each couch, right next to him. What, what was it like? I have.
have moved past and I've moved forward from this whole situation. I've healed, I've grown. I had to emotionally withdraw myself from this whole situation because I've gone mm -hmm. through the whole process. I've done the work. What I did not like was the amount of energy that she put into going on these whole tangents on social media, in the press, you know, talking about the incident as a professional, we're not supposed to discuss the season. We're not supposed to discuss what happens throughout the season. I never once responded. I did not start talking about this incident until I countered uh, and filed against her. That was the one time where my attorney had a statement that he released when we countered. And then once we started doing press for the show. Um, but all of these months that have gone by, she has been so reckless talking about my kids talking about my family, talking about me, saying I'm mentally unstable. It's just been really ugly. And it was already a bad situation. And I felt as though her actions just made it even worse. So yeah. while I apologize for my actions that night of the incident, there's so many things that she's done after the fact that I had to just emotionally remove myself from the whole situation. She came on the show. And she said, and she said in other press days to other people and other outlets that your minions, she felt like your minions were doing the dirty work for you. Who do you think she's referring to? She's referring to my like literal fans and people who follow me on social media. And my whole thing is I have no control over what people say or what hashtags they create on social media. She's giving me way too much credit, <laughs> like for real. And I also think she's downgrading. She's downplaying the fact that she has caused a lot of people to not like her on social media. So is there any moment where she sat back and said, you know what? Maybe the people that are attacking me are the very ones that I attacked on social media over the years. I have no reason throughout my whole healing process to seek vengeance towards her to wish her any harm or ill will. I did not care about what she had going on over there. I was so focused on making sure that I was good and growing and healed for the sake of myself and my, my kids who look up to me, who I had to explain to them that their mommy was involved in a physical altercation. That would be the hard part. I, for me. I had to make sure that they were well aware of everything that went on so that it could be a teachable moment, not just for me, but also for my children. So um, yeah. teaching them how to take accountability for their actions. Like I had to do that for them. And then also for my husband, I was so focused on so many other things. I don't have time to sit down on social media and hire people to attack her. I did. I was not even thinking about her. My focus was on so many other things. And that doesn't even include my businesses and everything else that I have been working on my book. My, my podcast, <laughs> like yeah. I have other things that are going on. I don't have that kind of time. I mean, clearly she does. What was it like for you sitting back and like watching this whole thing go down? Because again, you had to wait nine months until you saw that footage. What no. was that moment like? Oh, did they give I it to you right away? I, my attorney subpoenaed the footage because things got legal. The state of Maryland had to see all of the raw footage. So I was able to see all of the raw footage. It was um, when they finally sent it, it was two months after the fight that I finally saw the raw footage. Um, like? So it was terrifying to watch. I was just watching myself. Like I had an out of body experience, like, Whoa, 
you know? Yeah. So, but then I also wanted to, I literally had to like dissect it and pick it apart. Cause I wanted to know which action was a response to what, you know what I'm saying? So I had yeah. to sit back and just like, really just like, look at this and just say, Whoa, this, this happened. And dead set on taking this serious, making sure that this never happens again. Let me ask you this question, because the only thing I always tell people is you have to finish your story. You can't let other people finish your story because they're going to take it and go, you know, all over the place with it. Well, they did that anyway. <laughs> right. They still did that. I mean, literally, I'm watching it and I'm just like, wow, whenever y'all have a moment where y'all have nothing else to talk about, here goes my name being mentioned and I'm not even around. Um, so they still managed to do that, but you're absolutely right. And that was one of the reasons where, or, and why, um, when we did discuss everything that they were like, you know, you need to finish telling your story. Um, even if they don't show all of your story, at least you have something to say. And, and, and I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, but I wanted them to understand how serious this was to me. And, um, and I had to go on this journey for me. Sitting at the reunion and looking at all these women, I know you felt like you lost some trust in some of the women. Who were you most disappointed in? Who was the one who you were like, I really thought that you had my back in this? I can't even say that I was disappointed in any of them. Um, I, I always pointed back to me. I was more disappointed in myself for allowing myself to be triggered and for reacting the way I did. So everything that happened... Um, for some people, this is exactly what they wanted. You know, this was the, the alienation they've been waiting for and I gave it to them. So I can't really say that I can look back and say that I was so disappointed in anybody. I mean, as soon as we started filming, Candace and I sat down, she came over and we talked about everything. Cause remember we had just made up at reunion season four yes. and I said, okay, let's both do a better job at having each other's back, keeping each other in the know. And I remember in season four, I was so disappointed in Candace because of the whole Amistad comment and how that was taken and made into a whole storyline and it wasn't anything. And she had conversations about it and never told me. You know, normally yeah. it's like, hey, girl, this is what's going on. So I'm not bombarded or caught off guard. And that didn't happen. So my you guys have trust that level of respect for one another, like, hey, by the way, this came up today in filming. I just want to let you know. Right. We, well, I had that level of respect for her. So when you say what, who did I, who was I disappointed in or the level of trust was already whatever, my level of trust was already slim because of other things that happened. Some of the things that you may not even have seen on the show. So my level of trust was already slim. Um, when yeah. we talked that weekend, that was like a little like glimmer of hope, like, okay, we're, we're going to do better this time, you know? And then our very first all cast moment was her anniversary party and in walks a person who she knows I have issue with. And I was Ooh. so caught off guard because I didn't even realize that they had any type of relationship. So it was just weird. And it was just like, I had been hearing about how that person was trying to get back on the show and was trying to use me as a route to do that. So for Candace, yes. So for Candace to be that person who invited her, I was so shocked and caught off guard. It wasn't about me being upset because she has a friend with someone who I'm not friends with. It wasn't about that. I'm not, I'm petty, but I'm not that petty. Oh, I'm petty. So, <laughs> it was I'm that so, petty. <laughs> yeah, look, y'all have seen me for four years. When have I ever backed down from something and not owned it? 
I've never right. not backed down from anything. I remember when we were sitting in Robin's open house and Candace called herself approaching me about showing her text message to uh, Ashley. And I'm sitting there full belly, eight months pregnant. Sure did. When do I ever <laughs> back down? I own my crap. So if I if I didn't want to say bye to her, I would have just sat there and said, I know but it wasn't why. it wasn't that serious. It wasn't that serious. So did I fall asleep? Heck yeah. I had to host these heifers all weekend and they did nothing but complain and demand. I was tired. <laughs> Bitch, I love I love that your lake house has a guest house. Like I love that there's a second guest house where we're gonna put we're gonna put other people in the second house. Like you know you're rich when you got it when your guest house has a guest house. That is funny. Oh my you know God, what I mean? It's not going anywhere. I have to definitely point this out because you and I are the same. When somebody tells me something and it's scandalous and they reveal it to the whole group, I pretend like I never heard it. And I'm the most shocked. I'm like, oh my God. When Ashley mother came out and told y'all that she and Michael kind of had an open relationship, you were like, oh my God. What? Looking around, I nearly died. <laughs> I nearly died. Oh, my God. You know why I was shocked? I was shocked that she was actually telling people. I couldn't believe that she was telling the group. I was like, oh, shoot, she's really doing this. Like, she's really putting this out there. I, I, I was in complete shock. It's funny. Like, I like her, and I'm into her. And, like, I like that she has that quirky story. But I always knew that she and Michael had an open relationship. Am I the only one? <laughs> Everybody was just like, oh, well, whatever. Nobody was surprised at all. <laughs> Nobody was shocked so much that they let her go to the bathroom and like more wine was ordered. No one. I think Wendy was the only shocked one. We drilled her for a good probably 15, 20 minutes. We wanted to know all the details at that point. It's like, okay, so right. who was it? Was it was it another guy? Was it another girl? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, no, you know, is there other truths or is there more that you're trying to give us? Like, we were trying to get all of the tea. We was like, just give us the whole pot, you know? Somebody needs to sit Michael down and let him know that his wife's on a reality show. And if he hadn't <laughs> heard about it, like, <laughs> you are famous. You know, oh my God. you are famous. How do you keep on slipping like this? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. It's just like, wow. I'm like, can Ashley get a break just for like one season? Can y'all give her a break? <laughs> Poor Ashley. She is a strong woman. She is a strong woman. She'd be just like, whatever. I know what's going on in my house. I'm good. <laughs> right. And the yes. fact that Karen said she don't like raised dick, I almost lost my on that one, too. Oh, my God. First of all, I did not like that. That Actually, because obviously I wasn't around. So when I saw the episode and I saw that, I was just like, how disgusting. It actually really turned me off. There, first of all, there's no proof behind that. Like you have no yeah. audio, you 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 weren't mic'd up. Like that, that's not something that happened on camera if it happened. So why why would you say that? But then if somebody whispers anything about Juan, oh, you about to tear the whole forest down. So to me, it was just like, wow, that was. That was a low blow for nothing. What has Karen done to you that you needed to make that comment, uh, you know, about her her yeah. marriage or any intimate detail, true or not true? Like, why would you go there? I was pretty disgusted. I was actually really disappointed in Robin because she doesn't rub me to be that messy. So yeah. I was just like, wow, okay. So Robin hardly ever remembers anything. 
But anytime a penis is mentioned, she remembers. She's the encyclopedia. Okay. Exactly. How convenient. How How convenient. convenient. And I hate that, like, you know, I love the grand dumb. I am here for Karen. I am, you know, I love to see her journey. I thought her talking vulnerable about her husband and their Mm -hmm. issues was such a big thing, especially for black marriages, because I feel like we never really talk about our feelings in black families, especially with our spouses. So I was so proud of her for doing that. And I just felt like that moment diminished everything that she was like trying to say and trying to like really accomplish in her marriage. Well, I thought it also just in her friendship because Karen is not the person who shares details about what she goes through in her marriage. So for her to finally get to a point where she says, Hey, Hey guys, here's what's going on. Y'all always say I'm making up stuff or hiding stuff or lying. So now I'm putting it on front street and I'm telling you that I'm going through a rough time in my marriage. And then they spit in her face by going right behind her back and doing exactly the reason. This is exactly the reason why she does not share Like y'all can't even just let her have a moment of being vulnerable and then support her. You have to do something to just keep digging. And it's just like, wow. Is there like a, like, like a prison code, like housewives, like, yo, if I tell you this off camera, like we're going to keep this between us. Um, I could probably say, yes, there's an unspoken thing. And I think the thing is just like be respectful, like, or don't bring up something that you can't prove. You know, so it's yeah. like, what's the point? If, if if you can't prove it, then that means you're literally just being messy or you're just searching for relevance so that yeah. you can have something to talk about, you know? So to me, it's just about being decent, you know? And it, it comes a time where if you keep pushing a person and you keep lying or, or spreading whatever damaging rumors, it's going to be a point where you're going to get that return. And a lot of times Karen and I try to, you know, we have a different approach. We just try to live our lives and, and, and that's entertaining enough. Um, but there will come a time where the people who are doing all of this nastiness is going to get returned to them. And they're going to be quite shocked and surprised. I thought I wanted to be a real housewife. Of, I thought I wanted to be an Atlanta girl because they eat on camera. Oh, I'm and the Beverly Hills girls don't eat on camera. Like I like, <laughs> I want to, I want to go and munch. Like if I get like, you know, free to order, whatever, bitch, I'm going to taste everything. Yes. Um, but I, I like the Potomac girls. I feel like you guys have like kind of sort of come full circle where <laughs> aside from the fighting, like you guys are actually really friends. And I feel like you guys really actually love one another. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to sit here and lie. I mean, I only got love for two people on that show. You like some of them. So, Would you go some back? Some of them. If I come back, it's going to be because I feel as though more of my story needs to be told and it can help people who are watching. Um, And that's that's ultimately that is the reason why I decided to go ahead and stay and finish out my journey, because a lot of times we only see the beginning of a situation and then we see the end. We never really see the process. And I think that's the part that people learn from the most. They always look for perfection, but they never see your journey. So being open and being vulnerable about some of the difficult things that you have going on or the difficult things that you uh, have to talk about. um, I think when that's shown, that speaks more volume than just showing up for camera looking like you have it all together. So um, none of us have it all together. And this season, people saw a, a part of me that I didn't even realize was boiling 
over, you know? So, um, and even as I watch it back, I'm like, wow, I'm actually looking at everything and I'm like, wow, I've grown so much. Even every time you get to a point in life where you feel as though you've grown so much, here comes something else that you learn from and you could just continue to shoot up and shoot for the stars. And that's where I am. If you could take it all back, what would you do differently? Not the fight, because you know what? I feel like it, no regrets had to happen. Sometimes we pop off, but it's about what we do after that really makes us the person that we are. So if Mm -hmm. you could redo anything, what would you redo? If I could go back to the night at Ashley's dinner, that whole little mic situation that they tried to act like was a big deal that really wasn't. I was telling um, Candace to we, that we would talk off camera about the whole Sharice situation. And yeah. I told her to call me. She never called me. If I could go back and do something over, I would have called her. You would have picked up the phone. I would have just picked up the phone and said, screw it, let me call her. But I knew it was always me having to pursue and me doing the calling. So I said, you know what? Nope, I ain't calling her. I told her to call me. She ain't called me. So whatever. I would have just said, you know what? Let me just go ahead and call her. So at least she understands where my position is and where I stand. So if I could go back, I would have I would have done that differently. And I think it would have saved a lot because then at least she wouldn't have been wondering what my position was because it got to a point where I was just done with her. I was like, whatever. You know, so at least she would have understood what my position was. Um, and then that would have saved a lot of things down the road as well. So it this whole situation has taught me to be more upfront and vocal with people about what I feel and not just putting it in the box and sitting it on the shelf. If I feel something that's not right, let me just go ahead and pull that person to the side and just let them know where I'm coming from. And sometimes it's harder to do that with people that you truly care about because you don't want to yeah. hurt their feelings or you don't want 100%. them to be upset with you. So I find that in my personal life, the people who need to be confronted are the ones who are closest to me. And those are the ones where I have the hardest time. So yeah. now uh, I'm confronting people left and right the same way I do on this show. <laughs> I'm Ooh. just letting you know, here's where I stand. So you have no misunderstandings <laughs> about me or anything that's going on. Look, if Bravo was like, look, we're going to give you a trade. We're going to trade you, but we're going to let you choose where we trade you to. What housewives you going to? Oh, you already know I'm going to Atlanta. Yes! <laughs> you already know. I, lo- you already I love those ladies know. down there. I love those ladies. You know my girl Portia down there. So me and her, we team up. <laughs> oh my God, it would be so good. I wish they would let people do that. I wish Bra- Bravo did more crossovers. Yes, yes. I would love that. Yeah. Oh my love God. Love Portia. Yes. <laughs> now, where can people, because I have a lot of moms who mm. listen to this podcast not for lazy moms is your birth child tell me what that website that podcast gives to moms around the country oh to sum it up so so simply it is our way of sharing you struggle i struggle let's struggle together let's give our tips and tricks on how to get by so that the next person doesn't have to struggle like i once did it's all about sharing a lot of times we especially in the, the women in general we tend yes. to keep our little secrets to ourselves. Like we'll figure things out and we'll let other people look at us, look all perfect while we walk down the street and keep our little trick to ourselves on how we did that. And I'm breaking that whole barrier. I'm tearing it up with Not For Lazy Moms. If you go to the website, it's a community of new generation moms and dads um, who want it all, who do it all, who want to share all of the secrets to how to get by so that you can be the best whole person 
not just be yeah. the best mom, but be the best whole person, everything about you and make time for yourself, maintain yourself. Um, so that's what it's all about. And the podcast is the audible version of the website. So for those who aren't into reading, um, we keep our articles short and sweet to the point, but if they want to just listen, they can actually yeah. listen to us on Ooh. our podcast. And then we also have our YouTube channel now um, where we we have the visuals of our podcast as we record them for those who like to watch YouTube. I got to be honest, some of you moms get shady with one another. I've seen the mom shame happen over and over again. And it's so yeah. odd to me when I go and read it because I would not suspect women to come for other women who are in the same position as them. And it's, yeah. did it fascinate you to figure out that like, it's the shame that and the guilt given by other women? Oh yeah. And that's, that's the reason why we created this platform. We are judgment free. We have a section on our website uh, called uh, confessions. It's a confessions wall. And it allows moms to kind of like give their little confession on any random thing. And I love it because it's our way of being, open and vulnerable in a way that most moms have never been able to be open and vulnerable. So I really appreciate everyone who has been a part of our community. And it's all about just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm real. I'm normal. I'm human. Yeah. Just like you let's get by and let's not judge other moms because none of us do it the same way. What was the one thing? Cause I know like my friends are all like, Oh my God, you cannot tell anybody, but this is what I did to baby Jack today. And I'm like, you should tell other moms that because I bet you women do that all over the world. Moms and dads do the same thing. What yes. was your one confession when you had a baby? Like, you know, you kind of make the first mistakes with the first baby and the second baby, but then you get yeah. good by the third one. What was one of those ones that you had that you were like, I cannot believe I did that, but it's so Let's funny see. looking back at it. I'm so like over the top with uh, being especially a new mom. I wanted to be like super perfect all the time. But what I will say is um, one, I, I'll give you a good confession. Everyone had always told me when you have your baby and that baby comes out your womb and you hold that baby, you're going to fall so in love and you're just going to be like, oh, my God. And you're going to have this moment and you're going to cry. It wasn't like that for me. It took me a good like four to six weeks for it to click that, yeah. whoa, oh my God, this is my baby. And, and have that emotional moment. It took me weeks. From the time I had the baby, it was just like, oh my God, this is insane. I was in shock. It was like, whoa, like when yeah. they discharged us from the hospital, I was like, they're letting me leave with this baby? Like, are they crazy? <laughs> like, it was one of those kind of overwhelming kind of like, whoa, I have this responsibility on my hands and it was more, I was so focused on the responsibility of it all that I didn't allow you myself to have that. Emotion. Yes. The emotional moment. And it literally, I remember it hit me with my first son and he was probably, he was like a month old and it just hit me. And I started crying and Chris comes in. He's like, are you okay? I said, Oh my God, like this is <laughs> my baby. baby. This is mine. Like, I'm responsible for him and this is amazing and look at him and it was just like all of the emotion came flooding so maybe I'm just always late with the emotions I don't know maybe you might maybe, uh, maybe always late with the emotions right I'm like but yeah it took me a second to really process it and I could not understand those moms that said they had this emotional outpouring of love and just like crying and as soon as the baby came out I was more so like yeah. is the baby okay is the baby breathing 
Like, okay, all right, give me the baby. I got to put the baby on my boobs so I can get some skin to skin. And it was step by step by step. I know people who are like, I can't believe I hadn't had this moment yet that I'm not connecting and clicking with this baby. And then it puts added pressure on them to try to fake that moment and think, oh my God, something must be wrong with me that I'm not like looking at this baby and being all awestruck. Did you put any pressure on yourself to figure that out? Or were you lying to yourself and being like, I had the moment when you really didn't? No, I didn't lie to anybody. I was just like, yeah, it hit me about four weeks later, four to six weeks later. And they just laughed like, oh my God, that's so weird. And I'm like, no, it's not weird. Stop saying that to people. Because I remember when Tamar Braxton came out and she had that same kind of situation when she gave birth to her son and people judged her so harshly. And then it actually made me feel like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. So people need to stop judging because everyone responds to situations differently. Um, And it doesn't mean that we did not take our job as serious. We just respond differently and there's nothing wrong with it. 100%. How old is your oldest son? He's seven. So you had a baby on the cusp, like before everybody was putting on social media. I bet you it was a relief not to have to like compare yourself to everybody on social media. Yeah, maybe I'm just cut from a different cloth because I never really care. Like, I don't esteem people like that. I just think that we're all humans. We all, look, we all poop in the stink. Like, whatever. So, like, for me, I I just took it in strides. And I did not have, like, Instagram and Twitter back then. I only had Facebook. And even when I did post pictures of my my baby, I would cover his face. I never showed him to people unless they were close to me, like, who came to visit. But um, I just, I'm not that chick that, that cares that much about what the fat is and... I want to make sure my babies are good. Like I take being a mom so seriously. I love it. I enjoy every bit of it. I never, I did not realize I would enjoy motherhood as much as I enjoy it because I didn't know what to expect, you know? So I really do. Were you the one baby girl? Like, I'm going to just have this baby. I'm going to have one and I'm going to chill out. Maybe two because I don't (laughs) think I'm that bitch. No, you, you, you're going to think I'm crazy. Me and my husband said we were going to have six kids. (laughs) Six. I don't know what we were smoking when we thought that, but that ain't happening. That must have been like the first date. You must have been like, yeah, we're going to have six kids in a big ass house. Six oh kids. Oh my God. Yeah. I said, I'm going to just keep having as many babies as God wants me to have. And man, listen, I'm done. Three, done. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm 5'7, 120. My husband is 6'6, 320. It's a big baby. His babies are huge. They're big babies. They're way too big for my frame. I mean, like, yeah, I'm done. I mean, my whole body is just wore out with these big behind babies. Uh -uh. I can't do it no more. Monique, I loved having (laughs) you on Just the Tip. You are a breath of fresh air. I am sorry that this whole thing happened to you. I hate that you and Candace, you know, had to go there. But I am happy that you went on this journey and some good came out of it. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're hilarious. So this was great. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on all of the social media, uh, anywhere, websites and everything, moniquesamuels.com. I'm on Instagram at Mrs. Monique Samuels on Twitter at I am Mrs. Samuels and then follow not for lazy moms. Uh, that title, you can type it in. We're the only not for lazy on YouTube. So as soon as you start typing not for lazy, you'll see us pop up and uh, join our community. Yes, Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
You guys, thanks for listening, and do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter, and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity. 